Welcome back to the Gene Serialty Podcast. My name is Adbeg Kumar, and I am the host of this podcast. I started this podcast with the sole mission to help people make their dreams turn into a reality. And I do this in a multiple different ways. I interview people and I talk to you guys. The debut episode of that will be on Monday. But on today's podcast, I'm interviewing my two friends, Tyler Rutledge and Sharon. And we have an amazing conversation about Tyler's passion for cars and Sharon's passion for art. We also have a conversation about how them being a couple has led to them seeing the world differently and how they made their relationship work and their tips for other couples. Before we dive into today's podcast, if you guys haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to the at Dreams to Reality podcast. This would really help me out and it would mean a lot to me. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. But without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Back to the King Kumar podcast, where your dreams and goals will become reality through the amazing people that I interview. And today I have two very special guests with me, and it is one of my and um, Tyler is um, one of my friends that I have known from um, high school, from freshman year, and we're also going to be interviewing um, his girlfriend. And today we're going to talk about like how, as let's say you guys are in a couple, how you can be able to succeed. And we'll also be talking to Sharon on how she kind of started her side hustle um, into art. So without further ado, um, Tyler and Sharon, welcome to the podcast. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Thank good. you. How are you and doing? I'm doing pretty good myself. And um, before, you know, most people listening to this are our friends, so they know quite about the two of you. But why don't you just share, like, um, both of your childhoods? Like, Tyler, we'll start with you first, and then we'll move on to you, Sharon. So talk to me about, like, how... Um, your childhood shaped you into the person you are today. Like for you, Tyler, like how your childhood um, shaped you into your love for cars and your love for medicine. And then for you, Sharon, like how um, your childhood shaped you into your major and then also your passion for art. Okay. Um, so originally I was born in Colorado. Um, that's where I was born. And then I lived there for six years and I moved when I was six. So I don't really remember a ton of Colorado. I have some good family friends that I still stay in contact with from there. But other than that, um, Colorado wasn't really a big part of my childhood because I was just super young. I mean, about shaping me. I was just still super young when I moved away. So um, I didn't really get much from there. I love Colorado. I might want to move back there when, um, when I'm older. But then, so when I was six, then I moved to Louisiana and I lived there for about four years. And that was like a big part of shaping me because um, it's very different down there. Um, that was probably where I started to really like cars. Like um, like in Louisiana, like in the South a lot, a lot of people drive like big, nice trucks. Um, so that's kind of like what made me want to drive a nice truck. Um, uh, was so is seeing all these like really super nice trucks um, in Louisiana when I lived there um, and obviously now I do drive a truck so that's kind of what um, got me into that um, and then so like I started playing video games at like that age of six to ten years old and uh, both me and my brother really got into like um, racing video games so I think that's kind of where my love for cars started was through um, just playing video games I think we both got 
uh, really interested in cars just by playing. And we kind of, that's how we like know a lot about just like different like um, car companies is just by like playing all these different video games and like learning about all these different cars, which is kind of like cheesy, but um, it actually like taught us a lot. Um, but so that's kind of where that started. Um, and then uh, other than that, uh, Louisiana was just a really cool place to live at, um, when you're a young like boy. I had, so when, when I was in Louisiana, me and my brother and my dad, we all had dirt bikes. Um, so we'd go out and like ride those and race those, which was a lot of fun. Um, where I lived, it was uh, pretty rural. Um, so like there was always like, there was like a, like a forest and like bayous were really close to where I lived. So like every day me and my brother would, you know, we go out with the neighborhood kids because it was, it's different down there. Like I feel like up here, you're not as close to your neighbors and down there it's weird. Like we had neighborhood kids that ranged from like our age to like five years older than us and then like younger than us. Um, but everybody like kind of like hung out together, which was like different. And um, we, so we'd go out and like, we'd like hunt snakes in the woods and like, and try and catch frogs and stuff like that. Just like stuff of like, uh, you know, an, like an eight year old kid would do. Um, so that's kind of, that was like an awesome thing to like grow up doing um, for like four years. And then, so that's really that. I mean, like I said, it, you know, that was a great place to uh, grow up as a, as a boy, you know, it's a lot of fun to do those kind of things. Um, as far as shaping me that um, I learned my, all my manners from, uh, Louisiana so I, uh, I that's where I get like um, I say yes sir and yes ma'am when I'm talking to someone older than me that's that was like kind of um, instilled into me when I was there because you know you'd get whooped if you didn't say those things which is kind of funny but um, so and then after that when I was 10 I moved here so now I've lived here for 11 years so it's the longest place I've ever lived in um, I've place I've lived the longest yeah definitely definitely Um, pretty interesting and yeah I definitely think like for me like as you know because we're pretty close and you know you know like my parents and stuff more than my audience would like how you know like my childhood wasn't the most typical you uh know with all my surgeries and stuff and um you know like how I wasn't able to have the most perfect childhood because of like my eating disorders and all that mm-hmm. kind of good stuff so like I think I found kind of comfort in going to cars and I would always go to the auto shows and I think I remember even asking you in high school like hey do you ever go to like the dealerships because like that that for me was like um, a cynical point and something that I found comfort in like going to the dealerships and seeing all the cars and going in them like a lot of kids might not find that the most entertaining but like for me you know, that's what I found kind of entertaining. And that's kind of where, um, like, I learned, like, all about different cars. Like, um, I learned all about, like, which car was which, like, Toyota, Honda. I was able to differentiate from that and stuff. But what about you, Sharon? Like, how would you say, like, your childhood, you know, kind of shaped you into um, having, like, a passion for art and stuff? Well, one of my aunts is actually an art teacher at Fisher Middle School. So when we were kids, she used to take us to the art festival each year. Um, It was held at Waban Valley, and I remember going each year. And 
always looking through like everyone's art because they had art from elementary school to high school there so it was cool like seeing the high schoolers art especially when I was young because it just seemed like so impressive to me I was very like shocked by it and they also had like the station where they would let people uh throw on the pottery wheel so I did that for the first time when I was probably like six or seven and I didn't make anything but it definitely like made me very interested in art and realize how much I enjoyed doing it and um I have a sister who's three years older than me and she got into art in middle school um and I remember she would bring home all of her art projects and I was just like mesmerized by them. Like I remember specifically there was one, she made Patrick Star out of paper mache and it was like three feet tall and it was super cool and I was obsessed with it. And I just remember like, I was like so excited to go to middle school just so I could like do that project and stuff. Um, I think I ended up making the piggy bank from Toy Story. I think like our whole table did like a Toy Story theme. But um, once I went into high school, I, strictly took ceramics classes, which is like clay um, and pottery. So my freshman, sophomore year, I did ceramics one, two, and then three. And then junior year, I did 2D art, and then which I wasn't like the biggest fan of just because I'm more of like a 3D art person. Um, and then my senior year, I took uh, AP art or independent study. And it was me and my best friend Emily at the time and we both just like in AP art you can do whatever you want there's no rules or you just have certain guidelines to finish like your projects you can make up your own projects so me and Emily basically just threw pottery every single day and made like a ton of stuff and, and some stuff like I remember I made like dog bowls for my friends and like I realized that like this is something that like I could like make things that people would buy, you know, cause like there was some people, for my art festival, we got like a senior spotlight. So every senior gets their own table. So like I was able to like sit there and there's people like asking me if I was selling my stuff. So that's kind of when I got interested in like, okay, maybe this is something that I can do as a career. And I remember uh, I got asked to do one of these art, one of my pieces got in an art show. And so I had to, it was like periods one through five that day. I had to just sit there with my art and explain it to a bunch of people and stuff. And my, I was talking to my art teacher and I knew I was gonna go to community college, but I still had no clue what I was gonna major in. And I told her that I would love to become an art teacher because even when I was little, I remember I used to always play like school and I was always wanted to be a teacher and I just like was always obsessed like I loved presenting in class and stuff just always loved like the aspect of being a teacher so I talked to her about it and I was like I the only thing is is like I had only ever taken uh clay classes ceramics so I didn't think that I had a uh enough variety to become a art teacher and she actually told me that she took her first art class her sophomore year of college and she just like completely switched her major and she was like as long as you like put the time into it you can do it like it doesn't matter like if you're farther behind other people or not and so that's when I was like okay I'm just gonna do it I just kind of like after that I was just like all right I'm just gonna do it because I didn't really have any other interest in any other subjects but art so yeah interesting like it's funny like how I would say high school is the most pivotal point. Like college is also pivotal, but high school 
is the most pivotal point in our lives, I would say, because that's when you really find like your passion and where you really find, you know, your friends. Like, you know, for example, with you, Tyler, like, obviously my podcast knows and obviously you know like how close I am with you and most of the guys I would say and it's no disrespect to the girls but it's just like I was able to connect with you um Joey and Tommy and mostly like it was you and I would say probably AJ who probably kind of took me under your guys's wing and you know taught me like you know, right versus wrong and what to say in certain uh, social situations. And like, you really helped me to become from like, um, I would say someone who's like in the shell and not talking to one to someone who's kind of outside of that. So like, talk to me about like how, you know, how you kind of found your place at Central and how you kind of met our friends and how, you know, that kind of changed you know, your high school life and your life in general? Yeah, so um, it was it was different for me too. Be all, although, you know, I had lived, I moved here in fifth grade. Um, a lot of the kids had grown up and, you know, gone to known each other for a, a really long time. And so it was also, you know, I didn't have, I wouldn't say I had trouble making friends, but it was also, it was just different for me because there was a lot of like most of my friends now had already had friends that they had known a lot longer than they had known me. Um, so as far but like I, I agree, high school is um, I would say pivotal, and it's pivotal for my friends because like so I did meet people in like middle school. So you know John Fink. John Fink was one of my middle school friends, like Nate Tracy. Um, I don't know if Sam and Charlie Horvath, those were the kids that I hung out with in middle school. Um, also Liam Kajowski, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's my, he's my current roommate, um, uh, in college. Um, but yeah, and then once it was like, yeah, so once I got into high school, I think, um, you know, I don't even quite remember like how it started, but I remember I met you through Tommy and Ethan cause you had gone to middle school with them. Um, and, you know, obviously I, you know, I really liked you and you were a good kid. And, um, and we all love, I know we all, you got us into adapted PE early. So that was, that was a lot of fun. We, I know all throughout the years in high school, we had a great time in adapted PE, but I think the, as far as making friends, I probably made my friends through, um, you know, like sports. So like kind of like all the athletes, you know, I met like AJ and like, you know, Tommy, Ethan, all of them through like sports and stuff. Um, but that was about it. it. You know, it's kind of just weird how our, our big friend group formed. I'm not really sure how it happened, but you know, that's how it did. But what I can say is I, I met like some great people that I know I'll be friends with, you know, for the rest of my life, you know, including you. Um, and I know like, yeah, high school, high school was a great time for us. And I, you know, we all had a good time, you know, being with you and being an adaptive PE. That was a lot of fun. We all loved that. So yeah. Yeah, how about for you, Sharon? Like, how would you say, like, you kind of meeting your friends at Wabonzi? And it's funny, because, like, I used to, like, if I never moved to Central, like, I would have gone to M- Matea, because, like, I lived by, like, Steel and stuff, and I had, you know, friends there. So how would you say, like, that kind of shaped you? And maybe even for, you, like, art, do you feel like your friends kind of influenced you into your side passion and helped you kind of, like, what, do you think, like, if it wasn't for your friends, do you think you still would be in your art career or no? 
Honestly, um, I probably not because the, like I said, my senior year, I had my one art class with my friend Emily. We had it first and second semester, so it was all year. And I would have never, first of all, I would have never taken that class if she wasn't going to take it with me because I knew that it it was more of like a student ran class. So like, I didn't want to be alone in that class because I knew that like, I would want to have someone to talk to. Um, and she, once we started like doing all this stuff and we both honestly got really good at it, like, cause we did it every single day. Um, that's when I kind of realized like that it was something that I could do as a career if I wanted to and it was more of an option and my other friend Annie she her first major was um art therapy that was what she was gonna major and she ended up switching it to communications but still she was like very into art as well so I don't think I would be like I'm I've never really thought about that, but I probably not just because my senior year is really what shaped my like career choice, I feel like. Yeah, interesting. So I don't know if you had this program in your high school, Sharon, but I want to kind of touch on this because I think it's very important in what we're living through right now and how um, certain people like them kind of approach a situation and how they think. So. Tyler, obviously, like, I think our sophomore year, we weren't adapted. And then junior year, you were by yourself. Like, you weren't in the same class mm-hmm. as I was. But um, other than myself, right? Because uh, how would you say, like, hanging out with people with autism and Down syndrome kind of impacted you? Because, like, it's funny how, you know, even though these people think differently and they act differently, the way they go about life and the way they treat others is something that we should all, you know, be learning from, especially, you know, right now, like for them, you know, for them, they don't really see like what color you are or how they act. You just want to be friends with you. They want that friendship. They want to hang out with you. That's where they find, you know, happiness from. So how would you say like taking Adapted in general kind of impacted your situation and maybe even influence you to go inside the medical route and help you know certain people okay um so to start i I think you know everybody can take a lot away from a, a class such as adapted pe um because you know it makes it made it made me realize that you see you see all these kids that we interacted with in adapted PE who either have, you know, physical disabilities or, you know, a mental disability. And yet they, they're, they come to school every day and they're happy. They, you know, they, they're carefree and all they want to do is be someone's friend. And I think that's like the main thing because I feel like, like we could, we take for granted like what we have um, a lot and that we can learn to, if, you know, someone say, for example, if someone, you know, that is, you know, handicapped, you know, and they can't walk as well, such as yourself, you know, you have your braces. Um, and yet I see you happy all the time, you know what I mean? And I, you know, I could learn from that, right? Because I have all of my capabilities that someone else may not have but they are still happy and enjoying life. And so it kind of is like when I'm like down getting down on myself, you know, like I have so much to be happy for. Um, 
And I think that's just very important. And and I agree with uh, your statement how, you know, such as kids with autism or, you know, whatever it may be, they they don't care about your skin color, your, you know, your ethnicity, you know, whatever. They just want to be your friend. And I 100% agree with that statement and that uh, absolutely we can learn from that. Um, you know, you know, everybody, you know, I, I feel like we absolutely can learn from that and then that in that you know it doesn't matter who you are you know where you're from everybody's created equal so um i I think that's it you know everybody deserves a chance you know everybody deserves a chance yeah what about you shan how would you say like hanging out with people with disabilities kind of shaped you into the person that you are today um i would probably go probably similar to what tyler said with how when you see some like when you see someone else who doesn't have what you have but they're still happy and they're still living life like it doesn't matter you know it's not affecting them it kind of makes your big problems seem like little problems almost and it kind of makes you feel like you shouldn't worry as much as you do or overthink as much as you do because there are people out there who don't have what you have and and there's still people out there that find a way to be happy and I'm just like make a life out of what they're given and so I guess it would help helps me like think about like not being more thankful for what I have or like using my advantages to help someone else in need if that makes sense she said that a lot better than I did yeah I definitely would agree with what you said and I think even taking it in a broader perspective, like living in Naperville, you live in a bubble, right? Like, you know, I remember like my, I wouldn't say it's my first time going out of Naperville, but my first time seeing, wow, life in Naperville is not the same as life in other places. I remember I went to this, you know, Bulls game and kind of seeing like how different people would, would like housing going into a place where, you know, there are um, wealth gaps, you know, versus people who have a lot of money versus people who don't have a lot of money. Like, it was my first time seeing, like, homeless people. When you go to Chicago, like, you, your eyes are really open to the life that is, exists outside of Naperville. And I would say, like, that showed me, like, hey, life in Naperville is a privilege, I would say. And not in a bad way. It's just a privilege to know that, hey, we are very lucky and, you know, we need to use it and kind of impact the world and do our part in what we can help people who are less fortunate as because, like, we don't choose to be born, you know, where we are. It's just luck, not luck of the draw, I would say. You know, so that's what I would say to people too. Like, be happy of your privilege. Like, what do you think, what do the two of you think about you know, what I just said, and we can start off with you, Shan, kind of mixing it up a little bit. Um, I totally agree with you, actually. I didn't really realize how, I, I've i lived in Naperville basically my whole life. I moved here when I was like four, I wanna say. Um, and I I didn't real I knew it was like more of like a privileged community, but I didn't really notice it until I went away to college. And I go to Illinois State, so, a lot of people from there know what Naperville is. Or like, I remember my roommate, she's from Wakanda, Illinois, which is like an hour and a half away. But she said that they used to like make day trips to like go to Naperville and spend the day at like Centennial Beach in downtown Naperville. And I just like never thought about how like some people looked at it as like 
worthy of that, I guess, because it's just where I grew up. I mean, that was going to Centennial and downtown Naperville is what I did every single day over the summer. It was just like a normal thing. And I mean, I wasn't really born into money, but my dad like sacrificed a lot and worked really hard so that we could live in Naperville because the schools were really great. So it opened my eyes because when I lived in Naperville, I always felt like everyone had more money than me and like I always was just like no one like knows how I feel and like stuff like that and like I feel like everyone just like is better off than me and stuff and then when I went to college I met so many people who were like in my similar situation or like even worse and it's just it opened my eyes because it I didn't realize how like privileged I was living in Naperville and how privileged like the town Naperville is. I mean like, and it's huge. Like I tell my, or just people, I'll tell people that like we have five high schools in Naperville and they like, they don't even believe me because like they, uh, everyone that I've met only has like one or two high schools in their town. And so it's also insane to just think about how many people actually live here and like how many people I see every day who I've never seen before in my life and I'll probably will never see them again just because of how big Naperville is. But I am like thankful for growing up here because I mean like there's good and bad parts to it but I think one of the good parts is it is like a, it's a very like, it's like we're a community. Like I feel like everyone like we all like are nice to each other. I mean like there's also like the bad apples but like for the most part, I feel like we are like kind of like tightly woven together. Like when you live in Naperville, you kind of, you're just like, I mean, like when I go to downtown Naperville, I'm always like in a good mood and stuff. So I love it, but I moving away from it definitely made me realize that not the whole world is like Naperville. And I'm glad that it's not. Cause I mean, I like being in like different parts, so. Uh, yeah, I, I agree a lot with her. I mean, obviously, I, I know that Naperville is a bubble because I've lived in, you know, three different states. Um, but, you know, I was I was pretty young when I moved here, so it was, it, I didn't quite realize it at the time. But when I, I started, when I started playing basketball, travel basketball, AAU basketball, um, you know, we would, we would go to these tournaments and, um, you know, all over the Chicagoland area. Like, um, there was, um, there was, I remember a town is, uh, Lansing, Lansing, Illinois. I forget. I think it's closer to Indiana, but, um, it's, uh, very, you know, you know, it's like very different than Naperville. Uh, very, I think low, it's low income area. Um, and I just remember, and I realized, you know, I was privileged because I would go there and be like, wow, this is like, this is nothing like, Naperville like it's very you know the high school we would play at for these tournaments was just you know run down and I was like wow like our schools like are way better and like and that's why like and that was like what makes me thankful for Naperville obviously I think because it is a bubble we are I don't know what the word is uh like sheltered kind of from the outside world if that makes sense um, but I'm also, which is not a great thing, but I'm also grateful for Naperville because obviously the schools are really good here. I, I love my, I love Central. Um, it gave me a lot of ex good experiences. I met you there. I thought, and I went through the adaptive program, which was great. I thought that was great. I had so many great teachers that taught me so much. You know, one of my favorite teachers at 
um, one of my, my chemistry teacher is what he's what made me want to study chemistry. So it's, that was a big deal for me. And I, and I, th- I thought that they gave me a great high school education. Um, so that I'm thankful for. But uh, absolutely, I, I do agree that it is a bubble and we are definitely sheltered from a lot of the outside world problems or um, problems in the outside world that neighborhood just doesn't have. Yeah, definitely. I think, I don't know if you were in my sociology class or if you took it, but I remember like, and it was a lot of our friends, student friends, and we all went there. And I remember we actually went to Cook County Jail. And I remember like going to the jail and I remember seeing like how different life is from there, like how the houses are different and how you could really see the wealth gaps from there. And you could see like how, how a person, like how would a person's live might influence them into getting into you know maybe a certain like certain things like certain crimes and stuff like how that impacts you and how that either takes your um either takes your career in a either takes your your life in you can either choose like in two paths one path is a positive path and the one path is a negative path i'm currently reading you know this book i just started it today and I don't know if you're familiar with him, Ty Tyler, but it's about David Goggins. And I was listening to his story, you know, and how he grew up in a pretty nice town, like with his family. But people did not realize like what he was going through on an everyday basis, you know, being African-American. Um, we all know what, what is happening, you know, but he faced some racial bias and some racial issues and he was talking about like how you know every day he was face abuse in his family and how you know then he moved onto a less privileged area where life wasn't the best and where you know he was not he didn't have a lot of money and how they were struggling to make ends meet and in Naperville you know you don't really realize that you don't really see that side of the world like you're I would agree with all of you like we are sheltered and we don't realize what people who are going through on like you know an everyday basis and stuff and you know Tyler I want to ask you because you I would say medicine is a huge part in your life right you know kind of influence you into going into you know medicine and going to that chemistry route so how would you say like um your chemistry teacher impacted you into going into that route uh okay so I think I I knew I had wanted to study, go to medical school and become a doctor. I think before I knew I was going to study chemistry, um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do in college because, you know, I didn't, I didn't love math. I, I wasn't bad, but I wasn't like great. So like math, like wasn't my thing. I knew I didn't want to do business. I, I hate it. Um, but so, and then I had what I had my teacher, Mr. Bentley is his name. Um, so sophomore year, I was in his honors chemistry class, and um, I just I just loved the way he taught. He was a very interesting guy. He um, and he would always he would share with us about how he was researching um, a way to use do targeted chemotherapy so that a patient that was you know a cancer patient that was going through chemotherapy wouldn't have to experience um, as many of the bad side effects like losing hair stuff like that if they could figure out a way to tar- target a tumor uh, with with the chemotherapy drug and detox. So there's a ton of chemistry behind it where I, it's, it's kind of foggy now, but basically what he was doing was um, he was trying to attach, so he would, they would implant a magnet 
near the tumor, right? And they were trying to figure out at the molecular level or even the atomic level, um, how to attach uh, the chemotherapy drug, molecules of the chemotherapy drug to a particle of gold. And because because the particle of gold is metal, it'd be attracted to the magnet. So when the, if, I, I'm not really sure where he was at in the process, but basically the theory was that when the chemotherapy drug was administered into, your, into the body, it would all travel to the one spot to the magnet to target the tumor, which I thought was like super cool. I thought like, that's just crazy how like, I didn't even know like that was possible. I'm not sure if, you know, if it is possible, whether they completed that or whatever. But you know, that I just thought that was really cool. So I just thought he was a very interesting guy. And then I, I enjoyed, I actually enjoyed taking, you know, the honors chemistry class. So my senior year, my, the same, uh, my same teacher was offering a class called advanced chemistry. So that was kind of like, uh, it was an elective class, but it was like, so we did stuff like, um, forensic chemistry. So like crime scene stuff, like that was super cool. Um, we got into more of like some organic chemistry, which is what I was just, I just finished this past year. Um, and I, I loved it. I thought it was all so much fun. And I was like, you know what, maybe this is what I want to do. And, uh, it's, it's working out kind of, but that's where that inspiration came from. But now chemistry is very hard in college, but it's fun. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, for my audience here, like, I know we talked about it actually at, at AG's grad party that how you wanted to become like a surgeon. So what kind of like, I know you, I know you don't have to decide right now since you're just in college and you're just in your prerequisites. But uh, what what field in like medicine, like surgeon, uh, brain surgeon, neurosurgery, like do you want to do, or do you have a passion for currently? Sorry to let you down, but I'm not going to be a surgeon. But because you have to go to even more school um, after med school, or it's not more school, but it's just a longer training period. But um, which I'm not interested in. I'm not. Med's another four years of med school is good enough for me. But uh, to answer your question, um, as of right now, the thought of going into emergency medicine is like what like I'm attracted to. So uh, I'd, I'd love to be like, you know, work in the emergency room, see all kinds of things, be able to help all kinds of people. Um, that's just kind of like, I don't know, it just, it seems so like interesting and fun to me. Um, and also like I'm just kind of an adrenaline junkie so I feel like when you're in the emergency room you have to really be on your feet um, and be able to deal with like whatever comes in you know because you never know what's going to come into the ER so um, I just think that'd be super cool and um, and I, I as you know I just love helping people that's that's the reason I want to be a doctor because I can't really picture myself doing anything else um, so yeah I just that that's about it yeah, it's funny. Like, I see, like, you have a lot of empathy and a lot of, like, you're able to connect with a lot of people and have a conversation and melt, make them feel, you know, comfortable. And, you know, I think a lot of that had to do with you taking adaptive. Like, it's a blessing because now you're going to be into a situation where, you know, you might be talking to someone who, I hate to say it, but might not have a long time to live in. Like, you need to know, like, how to deal with that situation and how to make them feel comfortable and how, you know, we're living in a time right now with COVID and stuff and how, you know, it's been really hard on people and how you need to kind of seek comfort with them and help them through that situation. And I think you're going to be a really good 
um, doctor in the emergency room and how it's going to impact a lot of lives working there and stuff. But how about you, Shannon? We kind of talked about Tyler quite a bit. What is your major? And um, yeah. My major is art education. So I, um, I picked that because, like I said, I always wanted to be a teacher. I always was attracted to like the... I loved presenting. I loved being in front of the class and like teaching and stuff. And I even remember in one of my math classes, one of the projects we had to do was we had to like teach the class how to solve a problem or something like that. And I like loved it so much. So um, that's how I knew I wanted to be a teacher. But then I I'd hated every subject but art. So um, I mean, I would have loved to be like a freelance artist, but like I said, I only took ceramics classes, so I wasn't, I don't, I didn't think I had the skills to fully like just sell my art. So I kind of just like merged the two of my like interests and that's how I chose my major. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. And I think like how, it's funny like with you, like how your side hustle kind of impacted like what you want to do, like every single day and for me, like, like, I would say, like, I, I took, like, this incubator course, and, uh, like, me and my friends, we wanted to have, like, this kind of, like, uh, Fitbit for dogs, and, like, that didn't go through, and then we started another business called, like, well, this volunteering company, so helping people find other volunteer opportunities other than the typical most my fishes and um, the typical few my starving children, and, you know, short story short, we decided not to go through with that idea, And, you know, that kind of impacted me going into, like, I would say entrepreneurship. And because, like, I knew, like, I didn't want to really be um, a doctor and didn't want to be around a computer. I wanted to do something kind of engaging and doing something creative. And uh, that's how I kind of found my love for, like, entrepreneurship. So, you know, let's get into, like, how uh, you the two of you kind of met. So either of you can take this story. So, yeah. Well. I had known, I had followed Shaylin on Instagram since like freshman year, right? And so I had seen her on Instagram. I had never really like talked to her, you know, slid in her DMs or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then eventually senior year, I had, I had made a Tinder account, which is kind of funny, but I, I had never used it really. But then when I was visiting home, um, ooh, uh, winter break, I think it was last year, winter break of my freshman year of college. Um, I ended up seeing her on Tinder and I swiped right. And, um, and then she, it was a match. And then, so I, you know, I, I asked her cause I knew, uh, I knew Dallas, you know, Dallas, like right at bay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had, I had known Dallas. I played basketball at Dallas and I knew he went to Matia Valley. So I was like, Hey, like, you know, Dallas. She's like, yeah, that's like my best friend. And so blah, blah, blah. I asked for her Snapchat and I got her Snapchat. But then I had gone, I went back to school. Um, then one weekend I came home and I, I texted her. I was like, hey, like I'm home for the weekend. Like, would you want to come like hang out with me? And then we hung out and I, I actually really, really liked her. Um, I thought she was a really cool person. She was super nice. Um, obviously very pretty. So yeah, that's, that's how that happened. It's a funny story. But yeah, that's how we met. Yeah, that's a very interesting story and how, you know, we should not only be, um, we should not only be thankful for technology because if it wasn't for technology, 
And if it wasn't for Tinder, you pr- the two of you probably wouldn't have met. But also, like, you know, like, as you've seen, like, I've, like, from high school, like, I was very social. And I think I kind of used that into um, networking on Instagram. Because, like, mm-hmm. I'm connected with you and with Shannon and all sorts of a lot of, like, other entrepreneurs and people. It's funny, like, how when you think of Instagram as, um, when you start to think of Instagram, not only as a way to slide into girls' DMs, but also a way to network, then that's what's going to get to you places. Because, like, I would say, like, I've said this a lot, but I think, like, Instagram DMs and Instagram messaging is a new door-to-door sales because that's how you make networks and that's how you, um, you know, meet people and stuff. And I've said, and I think, you know, through Instagram, I've learned a lot of lessons and a lot of, met a lot of um, really cool people and for the entrepreneurship and for you know, marketing in general, like everyone is on Instagram. So I've been able to connect with that. And, um, you know, it's funny, like how I'm starting to also connect with people who uh, work at this company I want to work with. I don't know if you're, Tyler, if you're familiar with Gary B. Like I've shared a lot of his content on social media, but, you know, my goal is to work for him and he's based in uh, New York. And mm-hmm. like what I've been doing is connecting with them because like, I feel like, you know, if you want a dream job, you should be able to connect and you should be able to connecting with people who work there. Mm-hmm. So when you go into a job interview, that's who you're going to be. That's who's going to be. I mean, if you have that personal connection, I mean, that's a plus and that's a positive. That's going to set, set you apart. So that's what I've been doing. And yeah, that's what I would say. Like, it's funny, like how your story is very, like it wasn't for Tinder and it wasn't for you know, a slight decision you met because you could have easily said left, right? And it mm-hmm. wasn't for, I would say, luck, you probably would never would have met her. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I hate to say it, but I want to ask you, like, how have you guys been able to um, overcome obstacles? Like, I know you go to Miami and she goes to ICU. So, you know, for the people who have a girlfriend or have a boyfriend, like, how would you advise them to kind of overcome certain obstacles? Um, I think if talking specifically about long distance, one thing that we did since we were only like four and a half hours away from each other, Mm -hmm. um, he visited me once a month at when I was at school. I have like a huge fear of driving on the highway, so I was never able to visit him. We tried buying a bus ticket, but then the whole COVID thing happened, so we ended up just coming home, which kind of worked out in our favor because hmm. we got to like come home early and basically spend like yeah we quarantined together so yeah it was we spent like five months straight with each other <laughs> yeah. so we became a lot closer I feel like um, but also quarantining together did like I think we did get on each other's nerves a little bit yep um, but like one thing that we did was like sometimes like. Uh, if he had schoolwork to do or something and I didn't, I would like either go downstairs while he stayed in his room or like I would come in here in the guest room and he'd stay in his room. Like we'd separate each other from ourselves a little bit. Um, Or we just kind of like, if I could tell that he was getting aggravated or he could tell that I was getting aggravated, like there was a lot of times where like, I would just like let him play video games and like I'd go on my phone and like, it was just kind of like, time to ourselves to kind of like recharge because like I'm uh I'm more of like a introvert slash like loner type person like I like I like need my alone time I like being by myself so like if I'm not given that time like I'll start to like 
go crazy. So that's like why we started doing stuff like that where we kind of like separated each other. Or even like if we were in the same room, like I said, he would play video games, I would go on my phone. And like, or we would just kind of like talk it out. I mean, if, if something actually happened, like a fight or something where one of us made each other upset, um, our like main thing is always communication. We always tell each other that yeah. we need to be able to communicate with each other in order for it to work out, especially long distance, so. It's all about, uh, in my, like my mind, it's all about being good at communicating and then managing expectations. So like what I've learned is like, like you can't, you have to let someone know what you want out of a relationship, right? You can't just expect them to know, or you can't, and you can't, especially can't get mad at them if they don't know, right? If you haven't told them. So just letting, letting the other person know your expectations, like what's like, what you need in a relationship, what you don't want in a relationship, um, like what, what are some like necessities that you need for something to work and whether that you can compromise on that or whether that works or it doesn't work and you don't you keep going you go forward with that um but yeah that's my big thing managing expectations and then communication that's i think those are the two biggest things yeah yeah and i think one of the things especially when we were long distance another thing that we did was we didn't want to we didn't want each other to be like our only source of happiness otherwise like it could like turn bad because mm -hmm if we're away from me like we're away from each other for like three four weeks at a time so like we're not gonna just like if we each other were our only like source of happiness is like we would be sad majority of the time because we're not with each other so like i made sure to like find like stuff that like art like kept me pretty occupied i mean like schoolwork kept him pretty pretty occupied but we tried to also like like we wouldn't talk every single day like we would snapchat but we wouldn't like have actual conversations we don't text day. we don't really yeah. text we you know we would just like facetime like three times a week probably mm -hmm. um just so like we had our own lives outside of like the relationship it's, yeah it's important to have yeah it's important to have your own life it's while you do have uh you, while you're in a relationship they're a part of your life but it you know it's important to have your own hobbies your own interests um where you know exactly if like she needs her alone time i'm not sad because of that that means i get to go and do other things that make me happy right um yeah, yeah that's about it yeah i definitely think like you know obviously like I, I don't have a girlfriend but obviously like i would also say like it's also important like the entrepreneurship road so a lot of people listening are in that world and you think like you know, with that, like you have to have one, I think having a relationship with your customers and your employees is significantly important. You know, I know you're a fan, you like sports a lot, Tyler, and you've seen, you know, hold up the debacle with Tom Brady and the Patriots. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, people see like, oh my God, yeah, Kyle, Tom Brady left the Patriots, but they don't realize like, hey, you know, you could take a lesson from this. You can take a business lesson from that. And that's like how, you know, you should be able to define a relationship and know what you want from each relationship because, like, not relationship with every single employee is going to be the same. You know, I've been watching The Office a lot, and it's funny, like, how, you know, the main character, Michael Scott, has a different relationship versus Dwight versus someone like Jim versus someone like Pam. And I feel like that's something, like, people need to realize and take from The Office and, like, how, you know, you're each relationship you're gonna have is gonna be different and you should be able to kind of uh, define that um, yeah, a little for Tyler, bit. Tyler, for you, you know, with COVID, I was, I'm not gonna ask you like, hey, do you need to wear a mask or anything? I'm not gonna ask you, you know, that's kind of stuff. But um, 
what has COVID taught you in terms of the medical route? Because um, I'm sure like people, your professors brought up, you know, since you're going into that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of world, what have you kind of learned during COVID-19 that you think you probably never would have if it never happened? Um, I think, you know, uh, I, I wasn't in any, in any like medical courses. Um, I was in like science and stuff like that. So um, in my chemistry class, you know, we looked at, we did look at COVID and, you know, and stuff like that. As far as like what I've learned, um, it, it just goes to show that, um, you know, people, so this is kind of going to be controversial, but people got to trust the science behind it. And, you know, there's data in science that, that, that proves things. And, you know, that's, there's hard data. Um, so, you know, and it also shows, you know, I learned that I, you know, I never in my like life before this, would I have thought like the entire world was going to like be shut down, you know, um, I, I just, that I, I had never even like thought of that. So it's just kind of interesting um, that we're going through this right now just because it's like, it's never happened before. Like, I mean, you could say like the bubonic plague or black plague and stuff like like that. But, you know, in in the industrialized world, nothing like this has happened before. Um, and it just, I think, you know, being, a, being, in a, being a science major, it just shows that, you know, you have to be like ready for anything and have to be ready to you know, do research, you know, and, you know, in the medical field, find a vaccine, stuff like that. And you have to be able to adapt quickly and, you know, kind of teach yourself about things on the fly that have come up because, you know, people didn't really know really anything about this virus. You know, I mean, we still don't know a lot because um, obviously we haven't figured out a way to cure it yet. Um, but I think that's just, that, that's the main thing is that um, it's just important to be able to think on the fly and and be able to analyze and um and learn quickly to be able to react to situations like this yeah no i don't think it's i think it's yeah it's a bit controversial but like i think like yeah people should trust the science because there's a reason why you know they're in the field and they tell you hey wear a mask you should probably be wearing a mask and if they tell you hey do this and this and this it's probably because they know what they're talking about and people you know certain people think they know more and that's the problem with you know our society they can say hey I know more than you and you know that's a big problem in our society when we cannot trust where we cannot trust experts who think we because we get you know too ahead of ourselves and I think you know that has been something that people need to realize but um last few questions and that is like what has been the biggest lesson that COVID has taught you like in terms of it doesn't have to be in, in terms of relationship or you know, just life overall, like what is what has it um, been able to teach you? Um, teaching me, uh, I don't know if it's taught me anything, but I think it, it you know, opened my eyes to spending more time with my family because obviously like I spent a lot of time with Shaylin, but me and her would spend a ton of time with my, my family. Um, like we would... You know, we, we, everybody was stuck at home. So we ended up doing like Uno game nights where me, Shaylin and my parents and my brother, um, would just play Uno that night. You know, we, 
we'd after dinner we'd you know get out the uno cards and just play uno for a couple hours or we we even did puzzles so it just made me appreciate my family more and i i spent more time with my family um and yeah i mean that's that's about it that was important for me i think it taught me that um you never know what's gonna happen like at all and even though you might think that the world can handle anything or whatever like even the world isn't untouchable like anything can happen at any moment in your life and like like he said like nobody ever expected anything like this to happen um so it kind of just made me think like you know like your life is so short everyone's life is so short even if you live till you're 90 that's still super short and like just kind of like make the most out of what you have when you have it because like I look back at like I'm getting uh flashback memories on my snapchat from Lollapalooza and I'm just like I can't even believe that we were ever even allowed to be in crowds like that like it's so weird because like that was so normal like six months ago but like now it's like if you think about that, you're, it's just like scary to even think about to be in a big crowd like that in these kind of times. So made me realize to um, not take for granted what I have when I have it, because even things such as simple, like going to the nail salon or something stupid like that, it's like you, you, you really miss those things when they're not there, or when you just like, you're not allowed to do them. And it's like, all these little things in life that we're not allowed to do anymore or like it's dangerous to do them anymore it kind of just makes you think about how grateful you should be for what you have when you have it so that's what yeah that's definitely an interesting point and um you know the there was one question that i wanted to ask you know really you when i first started doing this podcast and I put it actually before that i wanted to kind of interview separately but um the other question is is like I strongly believe that there should be more female entrepreneurship and there should be more female creators, more female YouTubers, female podcasters. And, you know, it's starting to grow a little bit. So, you know, for you, like I know being a female creator and creating content and creating like stuff in general, you know, your art is like, what would you say is like a tip that you would give to other females to um, kind of break that barrier and um, create content and, you know, just do something that they're passionate about that isn't, you know, necessarily the norm? Um, I would say my tip is to not, even though other people might focus on gender and stuff like that, or other people might focus on, oh, be, since I'm a girl, this means that so many people are gonna think that I'm not as good enough. You can't, you can't think about that, even though it is true and it is things that happen. I just think that it's something that you can't let get to your brain because if you let it get to you, you're discouraging yourself and you're kind of like proving them right by like being like, oh, since I'm a girl, I probably shouldn't do this, stuff like that. So what I do is I, I don't even think about it. I don't even think about what I might face because I'm a girl and what, my disadvantages are and stuff because I just feel like when you focus on that stuff it kind of discourages you and you don't do you're not as uh confident in your work that's what I feel like yeah that's definitely a good point I think you know I think like we should be should able be able to also another tip is like we should also um 
be able to do things that we're uncomfortable with because that is what's going to make us successful because if you're always doing something that you're comfortable with uh, you're never going to get to that next level you're never going to get into that level where you exceed and where you become successful and that's something that I, I would probably advise people to do but yeah anyway guys um i really enjoyed doing this podcast like it was really fun you know like tyler like i know you personally and i know you on a daily basis like we met in high school i know you i know a lot about you but it was really interesting learning new things about you and learning you know like the person that you are outside of school and outside of the person that i thought i knew and it was really interesting to hear like your other side of you and um yeah and Marciano I really enjoyed getting to know you and getting to know like your side passion and getting to know like how you kind of think and stuff so anyway thank you for letting me interview guys and um one last question is that uh is there anything else that I didn't ask you and where can the people find the both of you on like social media if they want to be able to connect with you so uh you so oh, i don't think you i think you covered everything i think you covered everything you sent me um so that's pretty good uh if they wanted to find us on instagram i think it's just our names um jalen thompson and, then- and yeah tyler relish 12 or something like that i don't even know my yeah. username but yeah just i'm sure they could find us on instagram yeah or my oh my um my art my art account is uh Shaylin Art. So S H A E L Y N N Art. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I would definitely like especially for you if you should uh listen to Gary V because he like a lot of the stuff that he says you could probably use for your art business and I think you'd find it you know very useful and impactful. So I would advise you to do that. But anyway again thank you guys for uh coming on to my podcast and thank you guys for uh listening. <laughs>